What's going on, guys and girls? This is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Noah Scott. Founder of The Big Possible, Noah hosts powerfully immersive experiences, connecting high-profile entrepreneurs, artists, and leaders from around the world. Noah's eclectic background as an entrepreneur, author, speaker, filmmaker, and gallery-exhibited artist enables him to connect with leaders across industries and build meaningful connection fast. Just a few of the golden takeaways Noah shares are how to develop a big vision and leverage your community to mitigate risks, bulletproof ways to build deep connection, and how to add more adventure to your life while building a supportive circle of like-minded achievers. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Noah Scott. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, Noah. Welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. What is happening? Dude. Yeah, what's going on, brother? It's great to have you. been looking forward to this. And, you know, I had a blast when we first connected on your podcast, The Big Possible, which, by the way, for all of you listening, you should absolutely go subscribe. If you enjoy this podcast and want to hear stories around achieving big, audacious goals and discussions around building a better future. It's an incredibly valuable resource with some amazing guest interviews, over 125 episodes you've released, right? Absolutely. And TJ, your episode is going to be fire. I can't wait to, to have that go out. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, man. So Noah, I always like to start with a bit of background on your journey. So can you tell us a little bit about your story leading up to becoming the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Yeah, well, I think I've always been an adventurous entrepreneur, which is kind of kind of the funny, uh, the funny, the funny story there. So I have dabbled in so many crazy ideas throughout life. And I just had a conversation with a buddy about all the, the many pivots in life we take until we find the thing that we're really fired up about, which, you know, for me now, I found this, this business where I'm all about community. So I'm, I'm building a retreat business for entrepreneurs. And this has got checks all the boxes for me, love of adventure, love of travel, talking about business, hanging out with cool people. So I'm like, great, this is good. But there's been so many twists and turns throughout the journey to get here. And I think I started my entrepreneur journey, like in my twenties, I, I did like a failed fashion line. I did like a soap company Eventually, I just didn't know what I was doing, and I spent like the rest of my 20s in a drunken blur going to parties and nightclubs. Then I had this like wake-up call. It was like, something's got to change. So I did this eat, pray, love adventure across Japan. I walked across Japan on foot, and three months of that with without cash, you know, it was just me, a backpack, a tent. I was camp, you know, camping in castle ruins. I had this like epiphany that I wanted to create media. And I wanted to help people tell stories. So I started a production company back in LA. And that quickly became my first real success as a business owner. 
It was so exciting. It was so amazing. Uh, throughout the process, I learned so much about creating video content. Uh, quickly, you know, grew grew a brand, and and then eventually that kind of ran its course. I was burnt out. I said, okay, this isn't what I want to do anymore. So I pivoted again, got a job at a marketing agency where I was hungry to learn, and that was the beauty of it. So I spent you know, I spent those four years learning about how to actually do a proper business. Everything's been flying by the seat of my pants up to this point. I've been like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. So I started working at an agency where it's like, they have processes, they've got things figured out. I can learn from a mentor. And eventually it's like, all right, time to do your own thing. Yeah. And I dabbled in so many different things, tried a bunch of different things like coaching, art career. And eventually as I'm doing this digital nomad experience, so I'm living my life now as a digital nomad. I'm in Tulum now. Uh, came across the concept of what would become the big possible, which is literally a, a playground for entrepreneurs, a social club where we bring people together. We have a retreat pampered in luxury, and we talk about how to achieve big, crazy goals. And that's basically it. Man, what a, what a journey. And I want to dive in a little deeper into that because talk about taking lots of risks. I mean, your journey took you in so many di different directions. I remember you mentioning you worked at a grocery store for a while as a manager, you you started a few companies, you took on this marketing role, and were more in that corporate setting. And, and now you're founding your own company, The Big Possible. And I'm sure all of that involved taking some pretty calculated risks along the way, and really developing that big vision that led you to what you were going to give to the world. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about or how you approach that, like just taking those big risks and developing a big vision for what you want your life to look like and how you're going to design that. Yeah, risk is always going to be scary. There's no way around it. Every single time you're approaching something new, something hard, something challenging, something that, you know, if it doesn't work out, you might have to eat a little bit of the costs. Yeah. But the reality is you will be fine. No matter how hard a challenge might be, there will be a way to get through it. And the only negative when it comes to taking risks is to not take the risk. Whatever, whenever you're facing a challenge, you can ask yourself really like, do I want the outcome of either failing? Because sometimes failure can be a blessing. Is that outcome, even the worst case scenario, better than me staying where I am? Chances are it is. If you can, if you can, if you're happy where you're at and you're comfortable and you're set and there's no like voice inside of you that's saying something's got to change, something's got to, something's got to grow, I, uh, then stay where you're at. That's, that's fine. Yeah, 100%. But if, if you feel that urge and you're not satisfied, whatever life is throwing at you, there's this voice inside you that's telling you that you're meant for something more. It's time to start listening to it. And what happens when you actually do listen to it is the world's going to throw challenges and obstacles your way. And it's not to test you. It's just because you're bending the current of what your default mode of existence has been for, you know, throughout the whatever decades of life that you've been living. And you're trying to create a new course. Anytime you steer a river off the course it's been, you've got you've to create the flow for it. That might be removing the obstacles. That might be uh, getting new processes and frameworks in place so that you're a, a little bit more comfortable. But at the beginning, that process of bending the river to the new direction, 
bending your path to overcome the obstacles, take the risks, is going to be hard and scary. But the moment that you actually get through it, it might be a small trickle of a stream at first that's breaking yeah. through those first rocks. And eventually, you're going to get through it, and then you won't look back. But every risk that you take, it makes you much more capable to encounter the next pivot in life. Yeah. And the more that you get comfortable with taking risks, the more your guesses are going to be a little bit better calculated. So you're not going to make as many crazy mistakes. So you're going to be able to wait. I've seen this pattern before in the past. So let me approach this with the same method that I've did in the past. You can start to understand yourself a little bit more. And with that, the magic really happens when we do take the big risks. And sometimes you can ask yourself if a risk is really, if, if you're not scared by the risk, it's probably not big enough. It's probably not going to make a big enough change in your life that you're going to feel the fulfillment that you're looking for. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. We've all been there, right? We've all been in that uncomfortable position, you know, afraid of taking that step. But, you know, what comes from stepping into the uncomfortable growth at the end of the day? Something that I've found, it's, it's been huge for me is just looking at what are the the fears, what are the worst case scenarios. And for me, anyway, more often than not, if I can actually put it to paper, it's not that bad, you know, like mm -hmm. the absolute worst outcome of you know, starting a business as long as you set it up in the right way, it can be pretty small. You know, worst case, you, you go find another job, right? Or you pivot and, and take a new direction with it. So actually putting that out and then also putting out what the ideal outcomes are to be able to outweigh the fears that you have puts it all into perspective, right? Absolutely. And, it, and also, I think people don't understand how many resources are available to get through a, a challenge. So often we see the risk and we, we feel that we have to solve that risk on our own. But, you know, if you, if you get if you look at it like, okay, what's the worst case scenario is, okay, I, I start a business, I might go broke, but then you probably know people in your network that can support you in that event. Or, totally. you know, whether it's like, hey, I need, I need some extra funding, you can probably ask family and friends to, to help you out with some loans. If, if, if you are, if you believe in the product that you're creating, but you just don't have the cash flow to get it up off the ground, there are probably people in your network that you can go and ask for help. Yeah. They might give you help in the term of advice or, or, or feedback. They might be able to give you monetary help, but there are so many resources that you can uh, bring to your disposables so that you mitigate the risk. So that even that big challenge, actually, when you have the leverage of a community or like the resources of a mentor, it's not so scary anymore. No. And leveraging that even before you get to the, the worst case scenario, like, Asking for help is one of you know the greatest superpowers we can have because, like you said, we all have resources out there, or even if they're not in our direct network, there are people that are willing to help. That's something that I've learned as well. Is when you ask, you're going to be surprised by what people are willing to give. Or it's human nature. We we want to help people out. So I, I love all that. And bringing things forward a little bit. What are you focused on today? I know you're in Tulum, you're gearing up for an event. So what, what are you headed towards here in October of 2020 that's got you excited and, and that you're focused on? Bro, I am so excited about the, the next retreat that we have happening here in, in Tulum. So it's, yeah. I, I don't know when this goes live, but the retreat scheduled for November 10th. 
And so I'm prepping all of that and I'm meeting with chefs this weekend. I'm meeting with uh, some of the transportation companies. The villas we have are so incredible, but the, the thing that's got me so excited is not about all the cool things that are happening at the retreat, but it's the people that are being there and the energy that they're bringing and just uh, the magic that I know is going to be there when we start, you know, we have a mastermind happening next week where it's like all yeah. the members come together, they share what they're going through, um, they give advice. And there's just this, this essence of breakthrough, you know, when people like have an idea, they start talking about it with other people that also have the same sort of uh, entrepreneurial spirit. It's like, it's like popcorn in the oven just keeps popping all these great ideas just keep coming forth. But then the best part is that, like we're talking about there, when the idea comes out, there's people that know how to take the idea from concept to completion. And like, they can give the strategy, give the framework. So I'm seeing all of this happen. And this is even just before the event's happening, people are starting to come together. I'm, and I just know like, as soon as everyone arrives in the villa this month, it's it's one of the greatest feelings in the world to just oh, have man. brilliant minds face-to-face, sharing, connecting, deep diving and adventuring. Yeah, I, there's, there's nothing that excites me more than that, honestly. I, I had the opportunity to do that with our team and- Costa Rica a few months ago, we're going to be heading back there in June. And I know personally, I'm going to be checking out the big possible. So if you're listening to this, you like what you're hearing, there's more of these to come. So check it out. We'll, we'll be dropping links in the, the show notes and everything, but definitely worth taking a look at if you want to find your tribe and, and really learn and grow with a community that's at the end of the day, all about building a thriving community and achieving all you can imagine in life. And I'm sure there's different frameworks and and practices or or philosophies that you follow personally and that you kind of tease out in these, you know, gatherings and everything that you do. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of those in terms of helping people to achieve those big goals? Yeah, absolutely. So how we've structured the retreats is really built on a kind of a yin and a yang experience. So on one side, we have the expansive experiences. And when you actively position yourself outside of your comfort zone, you're in a new environment that stimulates the creativity, stimulates the imagination. And you also remove yourself from the day-to-day so that you're not bogged down by circular thoughts around the routine, around you know this, the same concepts, the same conversations, small talk. That's when I think you're, you're, you're setting the stage for massive growth not just within your own with your within your own self and spirit but also for that creative thinking um so this is kind of one framework that we we put into place is just checking off all the boxes a luxury environment stimulating adventure stimulating uh cuisine stimulating logistics and and itineraries and then breaking out of the norm yes we mix that with the other side of the of the yang or this the yin, the white part. You know, if you think of I forget if it's the white is yeah, I can't remember either. (laughs) But anyway, so the white part, right? Which is about the soul and the the human connection aspect. Uh with that, we bring in expert mentors. These are active experts who cross across the disciplines. We have wellness, we have marketing, branding, press and publicity, storytelling. And these experts will be doing like TED style presentations. They're also going to be hanging out with the members for like four days, you know, going through all the stuff. We do guided connection workshops where we focus on 
asking better questions, active listening, sharing, and expression, right? So often when you think about what happens when, when you, when you want to develop a deep connection with somebody, more often than not, we're not trained in how to connect. So when we show up and we actually have a conversation, it's a small talk. How's the weather? What are you doing? You know, what, but when you actually really focus on asking questions that elicit a deep response, an emotional response, you know, what is something that you're passionate about this year? What is something that lights you up? If you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? These, these types of questions that really get the wheels spinning, you know, who is somebody that's been impactful in your life? It's amazing what comes out of that level of vulnerability and the care that that is happening from the other side. So if you ask a question, you genuinely care about what the other person is going to say, you're going to notice that connections form faster. The level of depth is so much deeper and you start to bo- you start to build bonds that are going to last for a lifetime versus handing someone a business card and saying, I know, I know a thing or two about your industry. Let's connect over coffee. That doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so you mix that plus um, ultimately just the, the time for reflection and the time for synthesizing all the concepts. That's really the framework overall. It's, it's this magic combination of being an environment that just produces expansive thinking, plus tying that in with a, with a deep connection and, you know, active mentors that are going to be able to help facilitate those deep conversations, as well as giving you strategies and playbooks to pursue that big vision that you're chasing. Dude, I know for me, that formula has been a recipe for success. Like, it's so easy in our day to day to get caught up in our routine, our cycle of thinking. And when that can start to breed negative thoughts, especially for me, is a sign that I need to go do something like this. I need to get away from, you know, my home, my my normal office routine and and try something new, break the cycle a little bit. And more importantly, surround myself with people that are all striving for the same thing and look to foster that deeper connection that goes beyond just, hey, what do you do for work? Or, or or some of the business card talk that you you typically see at a networking event. And obviously this goes a lot further than that. So I've been following you for you know just a little while now, but it's clear to me that in everything that you're doing, you're on a mission for serving others. And that's a noble cause that I admire. So question is looking back on your journey and you know also the people that you work with why do you think it's important for people to be of service and give back fantastic question and it's it's about one phrase comes to mind and this is this is something from Marcus Aurelius where it's talking about how fortune comes and fortune he says is is built on doing good deeds or having good fortune is a result of doing good deeds and having good character and the reason I see that this really plays into part is also about the concept of uh, feeling fulfilled and feeling personally like you, the things that you're doing matter. If we want to actually feel fulfilled, if we want to feel that we're, we have meaning in the world, yeah. the best way to do that is to help other people. And in doing that, we give ourselves the validation that, okay, I have a purpose in this world. I'm helping other people. And if we can share that purpose with other people and then inspire them to also step up to the plate to, to give back, to help, 
it just creates this waterfall effect. And nobody likes to suffer. Nobody likes to go through life the hard way. And if we can, you know, there's a self-serving aspect of that, that that's naturally going to be in the part. But ultimately, we feel really good when we're of service and when we're able to help. But the more skilled that we become, the more leverage that we acquire through life, the more readily our impact will be available to serve others. And so that's why I, I truly believe it's imperative to improve your quality, uh, improve like, you know, just the power that you personally possess, whether that's the knowledge that you have, whether that's the skills you have, whether that's the uh, available resource and, and leverage within your enterprise or business so that you can make an impact, so that you can make a difference. Because that's truly where meaning and happiness come from is by giving back. Yeah, It doesn't really come from just hoarding things. So all those are going to disappear in the end anyway. What matters is that can we share uh, this, this, this glimpse of peace, this glimpse of satisfaction with other people, and can we enable them to have the power to also make a difference in the world? Once yeah. we start to check those boxes off, we realize that, wow, with my gift, I'm empowering other people to also have the power to give wow, it just like, it starts to multiply and the, the level of satisfaction just comes in waves. Yeah. And, and it brings waves of abundance as well. I mean, the more we give in this world, I firmly believe the, the happier we're going to be and the more abundance will find us. And for me, that's grounded in a principle that one of my mentors, my high school football coach actually really imprinted on us. And that was life is about loving and caring for each other the people around you, the people in your family, your friends, but also just the people you come in contact with in day-to-day -day life. And so for me, that's really what I believe we are on this planet to do, to love and care for each other, to be of service, to support one another, whether that's in business, in, in friendship, in life, in health, whatever it is in any given moment, our, our mission should be geared around helping others. And you know, for me, this podcast is, it's about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that most successful entrepreneurs face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and really doing the things that bring us the most joy and being around the people that we care about most. What does living a well-rounded life look like for you, Noah? Doing it while you can. Yeah. That's, that's it. Because Life is limited. We, we, we are not here for very long. Nope. And every day is an opportunity for us to get up, choose which direction we want to go, chart a course on the map, and start going. The, <clears throat> the things we remember in life that bring us color, that bring us flavor, are the shots that we take. It's the adventures we go on. It's the interesting sights we see, the, the projects that we begin. It's not about the times that we sit in our room hiding and cowering. It's not about the times that we just relinquish control of our agency and flounder. It, life you know, is really truly best lived when we move, when we create, when we experience, when we explore, when we sink our teeth into just the pulp of life and just rip the juice out. I love that. That's what life should be. And so often we live in like this state of fear of whether we're going to get it wrong, whether we're not going to 
whether we're not going to succeed, whether someone's going to reject us or someone's going to say something and, and we're going to look like a fool. But there's no time for that. No. Ultimately, like it's all going to vanish anyway. We're, we're, we're going to sign off from the planet and all we have at the end of the day are the experiences that we've notched on our belt. Yeah. So don't, don't stay static. Take a bite out of life. Savor the juices, man. And I'm going to scratch my own itch here because I'd be foolish not to bring this back up. Your adventure in Japan, walking across Japan. Tell me a little bit more about what, what started that? What even planted the seed that you were going to do that? So honestly, I was like most crazy catalysts for me. And whenever I have a big change in my life, it's usually a byproduct of a breakup. And so I had a breakup. I was obviously not very happy with where my life was. And I took a, I took like six months of just like pulling myself off of the bedroom floor, scraping myself up and and had to look hard in the mirror and say like, this has got to change. You know, you're, you're broke. Life's not going the way you want it to go. Um, you know, I'm looking at all my friends from high school, like going off and having great jobs, getting married. And here I am like hitting 30 and I'm like, what am I doing? So I just was flipping through the catalog of my, of the, one of my textbooks from Japanese class. And I was seeing these paintings of an artist, Hiroshige. And I've always loved woodblock painting because I, my t-shirt company had taught myself how to silk screen. So I geeked out on this. Right. And I'm looking at these paintings and he painted a series of 53 towns. There are post towns on a pilgrimage road called the Tokaido. And I was looking at these paintings and I said, you know what? I want to go and I want to see these paintings in real life. And that was it. And I said, okay, I'm going to walk the, 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 the 500 kilometer path, this pilgrimage road. And I'm going to do it on foot because that's the way they did it back in the day. And I just sold everything. I had a backpack. I landed, took a bus to Kyoto, and I started walking. So naive at the time. I was, I always thought, okay, I'm tall, blonde, I speak Japanese. I'll just be able to walk into some countryside town in, in Japan and you know, I'll I'll find a local Figure it and out. I'll come say, hey, come stay with us, we'll cook you dinner. It was not the case. I uh, realized right away that okay, I'm gonna have to sleep in uh abandoned buildings, sleep on the, you know, in the park of a you know, public parks and wow sometimes I'm walking, there is no town. So it's dark and I got to, I got to sleep. So I just sleep in the forest. And then eventually, you know, I got a tent and uh, was sleeping in castle ruins. It was so beautiful. In the beginning, it was scary. I was like, at first I was really, really excited. This is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. And then I get there and then reality versus expectation. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then the first week I've got all these blisters on my feet. (laughs) <laughs> I was drenched in rain. It was like three days straight raining. All of my changes of clothes were soaked. And I wanted to give up at that point. I was like, okay, this is enough. I've I've done a week of this. This is, I can go just take the train back to Tokyo, change my flight. And, you know, I, I did it. I don't have to finish. But I got, that day the rain stopped and I walked into this town called Sekijuku. And there's like this blue slate tiles that got the incense burning cobblestone streets people are walking around in yukatas and it's just beautiful and then i i found this traveler's inn where i go and stay and the the owner of the inn there was one other traveler there that night the the owner and his family and his like three-year-old son 
we were all, well, not the son wasn't drinking the sake, but the rest of us were. We were all drinking sake till like three in the morning, singing songs, they're playing the shamisen. And, you know, there's a song that they were singing called, like, it was like, Tabi Gai Na, Tabi Gai, which means the journey is good, isn't it? The journey is nice. Sure is. And they basically told me that I can't give up, that what I'm doing is so cool, so different, so unique. And it's a once in a lifetime thing. Just keep going to the end. So I did. You know, and that that moment of of just finding people who believe in you was enough for me to realize that my crazy adventure was meaningful. Whether it mattered or not to a thousand people didn't matter. It yeah. was that it mattered to me and that these people who I was chatting with were inspired by the story. Sure enough, like I ran out of money, had to work in the sake factory, worked in a, a cherry blossom farm or like a cherry cherry farm. Uh, Talk about cool experiences, yeah, though. Chopping wood yeah. in the mountains. It was, you know, just interesting, interesting experiences. And then eventually finished the journey. But the the inspiration and the, the change that happened, you're not going to walk for 500 kilometers and not have a massive transformation within yourself. It's just impossible. It took me two months before I finally just like shattered the walls of that the, the limiting thoughts that were showing up and realized that I did have the agency and I did have the power to change my life. I don't think you need to necessarily walk for three months to find that. I think some of us might, some of us might not. But the reality is if you do something crazy, if you just go and live life, eventually you're going to hit a point where you do shatter the walls. You do shatter the, the, the norms the, of the expectations, the limiting beliefs. But it's never going to happen if you stay in your little studio and you stay quiet and you, and you don't go out and take the adventure. Yep, you got to take the step, right? And it just echoes what my wife and I's experience was like as well. I mean, we were living in this comfortable, normal corporate nine to five, living in the Bay Area, not really happy, not feeling fulfilled, wanting something more. And for us, it was quitting those jobs, like you selling up our belongings and buying a one-way ticket to Asia with no end in sight, no real plan, no friends, nothing, and and just going and seeing what the adventure would, would unfold. And for us, it led to some life-changing experiences, much like you. And clearly, you're an adventurous guy. You You like to travel and explore. You put on these amazing events in exotic places. Have you learned from that experience in Japan or, or, you know, before or after any like rules or habits or practices that really enable you to create more adventure in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, the, the, the biggest lesson I got from Japan is that no matter how bad things get, there's always going to be somebody who can help you out along the way. That I think that was the lesson I got that, that day when I walked into Sekijuku. And it's the reason I'm able to take so many risks because I believe so firmly in that. And you have to trust as you're doing whatever free fall you're in in life that someone will have your back. Yeah. And if they don't, you'll be fine. <laughs> in the end, you'll be fine. But I think the other lesson that, you know, I'm learning now in, in order to be able to sort of bring that full circle is a, is a concept called stop guessing, start asking. Because so often, I will find myself in this pattern of coming up with the reasons why there's why somebody will reject me or somebody won't say yes, or somebody won't come up and help me out. And so I'll ruminate over this like 
you know, inner dialogue of like, okay, they're busy. I'm not qualified enough. Maybe like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they won't like me. Maybe they'll, they'll think it's weird if I ask them for this. And so what happens is I won't ask for help. And so the more that I, I try to instead silence that part of the, the conversation and instead just rip the bandaid off and ask for help before you, what I'm getting out of that is an answer, but I'm also getting momentum. You're also, you're also stepping out of that deliberation phase of, of guessing what all the possible outcomes are. And I'm stepping into this stage of momentum where there's only two outcomes. One, they're going to say yes, or two, they're going to say no. Yeah. But when you ask, you step out of the out of the purgatory of not knowing what the answer is and you move into this state of knowing and that's what's so beautiful you can let go of the weight of carrying that decision around with you the entire day absolutely man so you've clearly learned to rip the bandaid off and and ask for help in that process of learning obviously all these adventures businesses everything that you've done who do you look to for inspiration like i've been inspired recently by the likes of tim ferris alex ramosi jc Hyde, adam mcchesney as business leaders as men models for success just in their day-to-day lives who do you look to yeah definitely agree with with the hermosi love love his social right now especially he's he's just really doing great stuff um i also i also am an ad ad avid ryan holiday reader so i read all ryan holiday's books i read his newsletter um then you know even just looking at like people like todd herman um similar sort of like creative aspects priya parker for for like the human connection and the the gathering aspect but uh yeah ultimately that is it's a mix of between like i love a little spiritual philosophical yeah i was gonna say it's a good blend there yeah more tactical business the spiritual the creative yeah i would i would echo most of those names. And as we wrap things up, no, what, what ask or, you know, challenge parting advice do you have for our community and, you know, where can, well, we'll get to where can people find you online, but you know, what, what advice or ask would you have? Yeah, I would say cruise on over to the podcast. That's, that's the easiest way to just um, get involved. Here's some of the cool stories of some of the other entrepreneurs that we chat with. Obviously, if you're interested in joining the community. Um, we've got a mastermind. We've got the retreats. There's a lot of ways that you can get involved. You can also just send me an email at follow Noah. I'm, I'm sorry, my socials at follow Noah. You can send me an email at Noah at the big possible, but also just everything's at the big There's so much there. Um, obviously just podcast is a great spot to start. And then I'm experimenting with some YouTube and social and, and just, love to chat, love to help people break through whatever obstacles they're at, help them think expansively and, and connect with others. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, you're not hard to find and, and we'll put all that in the show notes for everyone listening. So Noah, man, this was a blast, brother. I, I enjoyed getting to know you a bit more, continuing off our last conversation. And I can tell you'd be someone that I'd love to go on an adventure with someday. So I really appreciate you sharing so much value with our community. And thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, TJ. We'll make it happen. Sounds good, brother. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. 
Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.